Our new home here in Springfield has a feature I've never had before. It may be something familiar to some of you, but I've, I've never had one of these. I've never had a garage door opener before. Have you seen one of these? Do you know how these work? They're amazing. You just sit outside, you point it at your, at your garage, you point it at the door, and it, it just goes up. I... That sh shouldn't work that well. Huh. It did work better than I thought it would. I've never had one of these before, all my life. In fact, if you saw what I grew up with, this is a far cry from what I grew up with. My, uh, my parents, <laughs> they, they were children of the Depressions. You know, maybe some of you are uh, of that same generation. My parents didn't have a whole lot. They grew up on farms. They, they lived by that old adage. Maybe you grew up with that adage. You make it do or do without. You use it up and you wear it out. And what my dad did have was some strange ingenuity. Our garage was not a garage. It was affectionately called the old house. It was next door. My dad had bought an old house, an old two-room house. He had torn out that middle wall. He had gutted the place, ripped out one end of it, and in that end, he built a garage door. It was huge. It was heavy. It was metal and wood. There was a rope that ran from that garage door up through the wall through a series of pulleys on the other end of that rope was an old iron wheel and in that wheel there were concrete blocks and window weights and enough weight to counterbalance that garage door and to open it you would put your foot against it you would pop that latch and you would have to ride the garage door up and to close it, you had to get on and ride that garage door back down. And if you weren't careful, it was going to pop up and hit you in the jaw, and that would be it. That old heavy garage door came to mind as I read this pivotal verse in Psalm 24. If you want to look at those Bibles in front of you, it's page 442. Psalm 24, that pivotal verse, verse 7 Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. Brooks has brought us to this psalm over the last couple of weeks, showing us the good life, that tremendous blessings are available from the giver of all good things. We saw that in verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. He, he showed us uh, the, the promise of good for those who will chase after God. Uh, again, verses 5 and 6. They will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. So what's left for us to consider in this psalm as we wrap it up i think there's just one question are we willing to open our lives to the one who promises us the good life psalm 24 beginning in verse 7 lift up your heads you gates be lifted up you ancient doors that the king of glory may come in who is the king of glory the lord strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle lift up your heads you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is He? 
the King of glory, the Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. I thought about that ancient garage door. You know, it, it was kind of a rite of passage for the neighborhood kids when you finally got old enough, when you finally got heavy enough that you could close the door. Because you had to jump on it, you had to write it down, and if you weren't heavy enough, it would, it would just leave you there, <laughs> suspended in the air. And so my friends would come over and we'd try and we'd try, and finally we'd eaten our Wheaties, you know, we'd gotten heavy enough and we were able to close the door, or you turn the latch and you ride the door back up, being lifted up with the door. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. It's a, it's a strange phrase. And it made me wonder as we, as we read this psalm for ourselves, it made me wonder, are we the ancient doors? Are we the ancient doors? It's, a, it's an odd bit of poetic personification here in the psalm. David addresses the gates. He addresses the doors as though they can hear him, as though they have ears and are able to hear what he's saying. And so as the readers, do we see ourselves as the gates? Do we see ourselves as the doors welcoming in the presence of God that the King of glory might come in, into our lives, into our needs, into our wants, into our hurts, into our failures, into the messes that we have made of our lives? Are we, are we the ancient doors? Some of us creak a little. Some of us might be slightly unhinged. We are a, a little ancient at times. And in Hebrew, though, that, that word that we translate ancient, it, it might mean ancient, it might mean old, but it doesn't just mean old, it doesn't just mean antique. It, it also has the idea that the doors have lasting strength. I think everlasting doors might be a better way to understand them because it's not necessarily about the past. It's not necessarily about what we have endured, but do we have the strength, do we have the endurance for what lies ahead? Do we have what it takes to get through the next challenge? Do we have what it takes to stand firm? Be lifted up. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. That's, that's the strange part, really, because the doors around the gates or the door, doors are at the walls of Jerusalem, they, they didn't lift up. They were set on hinges. Lift up your heads, though. That's, that's a phrase we see a lot in Scripture. We find that phrase quite often. We could go back to Psalm 3. In Psalm 3, also a psalm of David, just like this one. In Psalm 3, David is running for his life from his son Absalom. And where does David find comfort? Psalm 3, verse 3, You, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory. You are the one who lifts my head high. See, the key to understanding the identity of the gates is to know the one who lifts your head. To know the one that raises you up, that lifts your head. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus is detailing the troubles that those who follow him will have to face, what they will soon endure, and how will they find hope. And in verse 28, Jesus says, When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, for your redemption is drawing near. Be Lift it up. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. You see, the key to the good life is not in our strength. It's not in our stamina. It's not in our intelligence and our 
knowledge of how to work the system. It's not in our buying power to get the things that we want that we think will make life good. The good life is about doors doing what doors were designed to do. The good life is about doors opening up. The good life is about the one we let in to our lives. Verses 7 and 8, lift up your heads, you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. You know, Brooks raised an interesting possibility about this psalm last week. What if, what if this psalm is being written from the perspective of the Ark of the Covenant? What if we are to read this psalm as though the ark itself were speaking? The ark is being brought back into Jerusalem after leading the armies of Israel out into battle. The ark is coming in through those gates, through those doors, and it's making its presence known. Be lifted up. God's presence, the King of glory is here. Is that likely what's happening? (laughs) Makes for an interesting meditation, doesn't it? In fact, as your spiritual formation pastor, I would encourage you, maybe spend a little time meditating on this psalm. Maybe maybe let that image guide your meditation as you think about the ark being brought back into Jerusalem, as you put yourself in the position of the one opening up and welcoming God in. You know, the reason the ark went out ahead of the army, it was a reminder to the people that it was God who was fighting for them, that God was leading the charge, that God was bringing the victory. You go back to Numbers chapter 10, verse 35, and we read there, whenever the ark set out, Moses said, rise up, Lord, may your enemies be scattered, may your foes flee before you. You hear something of that in verse 8 here. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. God is a warrior for his people not fighting against them, but fighting for them. He is the Lord Almighty. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the God of armies. In Hebrew, He is Yahweh Sabaoth. It's a powerful name for God. It's a powerful name for the Lord. Lord Almighty, Lord of hosts, Yahweh Sabaoth, the God of armies. You know, the first time that name is prayed in the Bible, it is prayed by a young lady who is crying so hard that she is mistaken for drunk. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, Hannah made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. She was blessed with a son she named Samuel. The next time, We hear the name. It's 16 chapters later as a young boy named David goes up against a Goliath. And there in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45, David says to that giant, you come against me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, God of armies, Lord Almighty, Yahweh Sabaoth, Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies. So, whether it's a deep cry that something, a deep heart cry that something is missing from your life and you feel hollow, you feel alone, or whether it's that giant that is looming over you, that, that giant that is looming over you, terrifying you about what lies ahead for you, 
The promise of the presence of the Lord Almighty is a reminder that there is one who fights for you. The one who goes before you, whatever the challenge. The one who lifts up your head. As Jesus says, your redemption is drawing near. The King is coming. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is He? The King of glory. The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. That's the good life. That's the good life. Knowing that whatever is ahead, whatever it is that challenges your peace, the Lord is fighting for you. The good life finds victory by inviting God in. There are people here who can testify to that. There are people here that can testify to that truth that, that the good life finds victory by inviting God in because they have invited God in. They, they, they heard the call. They, they responded to Jesus' offer. Many of them did it years ago. They, they are ancient doors. But this isn't just about ancient doors and baptisms decades ago. This is about the strength to stand up to whatever is challenging you today. This is about what's ahead for tomorrow and how you will stand firm in that challenge that whatever it is that tries to steal your joy, steal your hope, steal your peace, will you invite God into that challenge? What might keep us from opening the door and inviting God in? I, I can think of three excuses. Three excuses that might keep us from opening the door to God. And the first one, it's probably obvious to all of us, the first one is fear. Fear might keep us from opening the door to God. Fear. What might happen if I trust Him? Fear of whether or not He'll actually come through for us. Or fear of whether or not He'll come through the way we want Him to come through for us. And maybe even fear that if I trust Him with this, What's he going to ask me to do next? What comes next? We make this excuse, fear, forgetting that he is the one who lifts our head. He is the one who gives us victory. What might keep us from letting him lift our head? Maybe it's not fear, but maybe, maybe instead it's failure. Maybe it's our shame. Because if I open myself up to God, what if he finds out who I really am. What if he finds out what I've done? How I've failed? And so we are afraid of failure. We make this excuse forgetting that he is mighty in battle. That he is fighting on our behalf. Failure or not, God is for us. Therefore, who could be against us? And maybe we keep the door shut and our heads hung low, not because of fear, not because of failure. Maybe we do it because of fatigue. Because at the heart, we're, we're just tired. We are tired. We've tried again and again. We've trusted those who said they could help us, that they could fix us. And we've been disappointed more times than we can remember. We're tired of being afraid, tired of failing, tired of trying again and again. And we forget in our fatigue, we forget that He is strong and mighty and that the good life, victory, awaits those who will invite Him in. My dad built that old garage door to last. And it did. Dad passed away in 2009. Mom passed away a few years ago and came time to sell the property. 
And so my brothers-in-law and I were standing there. We were cleaning everything out, and it came time to clean out the garage. And we looked at that old door. Still standing. The frame around it was rotten. The front end of the house where the, where the rope ran, the front end had done this. It was fallen a little bit. And that, that old rope that ran through those pulleys and had all that weight on the other end, that rope had never been changed. It had seen better days, and we stood there and looked at that door that in our youths we had ridden up and down, and we all said, I'm not getting on that thing. That thing, the whole front end is going to collapse. It's going to kill us. We're not doing that. Let's get one of the nephews. Those kids, those kids love that thing. They're resilient. They can, they can, you know. It would have been nice. It would have been nice in that moment to have one of these for the garage door and just point and stand at a safe distance, maybe back up across the road and point at it and, and let it go up. But that, that's not how dad built that garage door. That's not how it worked. That's not how it was built. To open it required contact. You had to hop on and, and ride it up. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. There is no remote for this door either. It requires contact with the King, the one who draws near, the one who lifts your head, the one who fights for you. Who is He? This King of glory, the Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Maybe today is the day that you do that. Maybe you do that for the first time. You say yes to Jesus, your Savior, the one who fights for you, the one who who lifts your head. If you're ready to say yes to Him today through baptism, we're here for you. We want to be a part of that. We will stand with you. We will help you through that step. Maybe today you're ready to say, I've been holding something back from You, Lord. I've been holding something back for You, Lord Almighty, that I didn't trust You with. Something I didn't trust myself with. I didn't want You in this one area of my life. Don't let that fear... Don't let that failure, don't let that fatigue paralyze you. Let Him in. Who is He? This King of glory, the Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory.